Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So as always, man, I always want to thank everybody who's been, you know, sharing, subscribing, supporting. You know, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we got a special guest here today. She's a good friend of mine, but, but before we get to her and her story, because she's got so much to share, man, and I'm very inspired by her and all her accomplishments, but you know, um, you know, this past, these past couple of weeks have really been really, really rough on my family. Like we've been taking loss after loss after loss, you know, I'm talking about, you know, uncles, you know, cousins, friends, you know, friends of the family, um, you know, just, I, I just ask everybody, man, to please keep me and my family in your prayers, in your thoughts. Um, the Selena's family, the Morales family, the Romero family, uh, my cousin Nita, uh, passed away this morning from COVID. Um, last week, my uncle Dave, her father passed away. Shout out, you know, to my cousin, uh, Michael Asaro, his wife passed away yesterday. Uh, my cousin Robbie Dizzle, his brother Ray Ray passed away as well um, last week. And, um, you know, just, you know, so many family and friends and people that are close to us, you know, have just been passing away from many different, you know, uh, reasons, you know, from, you know, cancer to COVID to ODing to being murdered to just so many different elements, you know, that are taking place and taking lives of so many of my family, my friends and my loved ones. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty positive and optimistic and I usually, I, I, I can accept death just as much as I accept life because I understand that death is a part of life, but I am so overwhelmed right now with the loss, you know, that's going on, you know, prayers for my aunt Virginia, you know, she's in the hospital. Um, you know, my cousin Sabrina, I know that she's struggling right now her her uh baby's daddy was in chicago and got shot three times and he was in critical condition so like my family is like really going through it and i just really need everybody's prayers you know everybody's love and support you know um also you know my cousin tomas um you know his his kids you know they were in the care of of you know his mother and and, and i'm pro- i'm sorry cuz i don't mean to put your business out there but you know, it's just unacceptable. You know, this this man, he he done beat my little cousins, five years old, beat them from head to toe, bruised from front to back. You know, that really broke my heart, you know, and, you know, all the kids who are going through these things and being suffered by, by people who are mentally ill or people who are just crazy and got some issues that they need to heal and get past their trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this really kills me. It's really tearing me apart to the point where I can't even think straight. But I turn to God, you know, for all my love, for all my blessings, for the answer, for the cuff, for the comfort. And I turn to my community, my family, my people, my friends, my loved ones. So I just ask that you please keep me, my family and my friends in your prayers. Thank you. So what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to introduce my homegirl, Tonya Patino. What's up, Tonya? How you doing? Man, it's such an honor really to have you here. And, uh, you know, to have you here on my podcast, man, you know, I know we go way back. We got a lot of history 
And, um, you know, after being gone for 17 years, it's nice to be able to come home and see, you know, people like you who are just doing absolutely well for yourself, for your family, for the community, you know, so many accomplishments, you know, being a mother, being a wife and, you know, just all of the above. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here. And my condolences really um, from my family to yours. You know, we go way back down the family bloodline anyway. So some of those names, you know, I do know and they, they do hit close to home. And, you know, our prayers are with you. All of you, you're lifted in our prayers. So just take that. Take that. You know, you got an army of warriors that pray. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a faithful, God-loving and God-fearing um, woman. So you, you are genuinely in our prayers. Um, so Thank you. Thank that. you. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so we do go way back. I think you stood up in my quinceanera. I so, did. I did. <laughs> I don't all, think I know. Back, you know. I know. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and in our, and in then our when family, our families came together, it was yeah, like, well, my mom, we grew up with this yeah. one, that one with the school yep. and this one and that one. And it's like, everywhere I go, I meet somebody that we're either related to or married into the family. And or, it's just like, yeah. Or yeah. And it's a funny story. My husband and I, we go up North for, uh, Ascoto. We used to go every year. And we're driving, pushing the cart down the aisle, and I hear somebody call my name. And I turn around, and he goes, somebody's calling your name. I said, no one's going to call my name. We're on Skoda. And sure enough, it was my cousin. I was like, oh, it's my cousin. He goes, I swear to God, where we go? We're three hours away from home, and here you are finding a cousin out. But uh, no, but yeah, so you know, your mom's great people. I love your mom. I love oh, your mom, yeah, but... she, she's dope, man. And, you know, I really need to get to her, man, and comfort her because, you know, that was her brother that passed away. Yeah. It was her niece. and. Just everything else that's been going on, man. I really, you know, my mother's such a wonderful person, and mm -hmm. I hate to see her, you know, suffering and in pain yeah. like that, you know. But shout out to my mom and, um, you know, all the good food that she always cooks for, you know, the family. Um, love the tamales always. Oh, yeah. We just had our tamale day a couple weeks ago. But oh, yeah. okay. So, you know, and as, as, you know, we're talking about these things that happen in the community and we're talking about like these cycles, right? They're vicious cycles when you think about it. There's there's pain, there's trauma, there's drugs, there's gangs. You know, when we were coming up, it was so cool to be part of something like that, right? That mm -hmm. was like, that's the only thing that we knew. It was a way of life. Yeah. And so being able to see something outside of those those parameters is amazing and that's just what i i try to do as not even not only latina but as a woman as a mom someone who has been there seen the struggles because obviously you know we didn't grow up i don't come from money you know everything mm -hmm. that we have it's because my my parents taught me how to hustle they taught me how to be involved they taught me to get, if you're gonna do something do it to the 110th power or just don't do it at all you live down what martin and warren martin what? and warren well i've been at 23rd well i remember like that's the last place yeah, I martin ever and warren. was like back in the days you lived on martin yep. and warren we used to have the parties in the backyard remember? yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely man yeah no it was a good so time. it's like growing up in the neighborhood and um you know just seeing the the impact of you know, the social norms back then. It yeah. was normal to, um, you know, be in a gang. It was normal to drink and smoke weed and to sell drugs and, you know, to snort coke. You know, a lot of the older people was, you know, doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the party life and then just the mentality, you know, only the strong survive, live for today because tomorrow's never promised. And when I think about the mentality that we had coming from the neighborhood, I see why we have been so stagnant. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because... While I was in prison, I had, you know, the privilege to talk to guys who actually came from wealth and money and privilege and education and all that. And um, so I wanted to know what was the recipe to being successful. 
you know, and uh, and it was like their mind state is different. They think about the future. Yeah. They plan for the kids. They plan for education. You know, they they think about, you know, the future ahead of time, you know, paying bills, being responsible, building credit, all these types of things yeah. like me growing up. I was like so irresponsible, you know, with money, just with life in general, Yeah, you know, and my value system was different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a source social norm for us to kill and be killed. We think it's okay to shoot houses, burn houses, sell drugs, use drugs, be alcoholics, yeah. domestic violence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all these things that we were taught, Sad, you know, and but then we're judged for it, but it's like, I was programmed. I've been around this since I was a kid. It was normal to me, you know? Even your quinceanera, I got I old pictures, and all you see is cash flows, everybody. Then you got Tonya right there, like, what up? You know what I'm right saying? Right in the middle of all the chaos. That was me. Yeah, and it, and that was normal for us. It was us. normal. So that it was, was like, how did you see a vision past that and be able to build yourself, your life, create a vision, and yeah. pass on the vision? Yeah, so... I think it all comes down to breaking that cycle with your parents. So my parents, although we didn't have any money, that we never went without. My dad would hustle. He'd he'd have a second job. He would work after hours. He would work at a restaurant. My mom taught me to make my own money. But it was things like there is no other option for you because you're not going to be stuck here. It's let's break this generational curse and you're going to go on to college. I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but the goal is college. Let's just get that as a first goal. That was the first goal that they set for me. And then I started to believe it myself. And then I really think that parents say it, and it sounds so cliche, but you are just as good as the company that you keep. And that's what I constantly remind my own kids. If you want to be a bum, hang out with a bum. Mm -hmm. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to hang out with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. If you want to be rich, you're going to hang around people with money. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to hang around with people like that, just as you talked about being locked up, sorry, excuse me, um, you, your mentality starts to change. Mm -hmm. You start to think like them. You start to see things like them. You start to vision, you know, envision yourself. Okay, well, I can do this. Well, I can talk to people. Well, I can. And then you start to to believe in yourself to a point where it's like, okay, well, this isn't this isn't all I want. Now I want this. Now I want that. And it's so I tell my kids, watch the company that you keep, because if you notice the same people who have that mentality of this is good enough for me, you know renting a house and just chilling okay if that's good enough for you then that will be good enough for you but see i want to own buildings i want to own houses i want to create generational wealth for my kids and i talk to my kids about the value of saving a dollar i talk to my kids about generational wealth i talk to my kids about mortgages credit cards education finance those are the types of conversations and there's so much that you have at your fingertips on the internet and i understand that we've got families right now, even in my own circle of people that I know personally didn't graduate high school or maybe graduated high school, but didn't go on to college and kind of just stuck in this motion. But there is so much available at your fingertips. You can Google real estate. You can do a self-paced, you, YouTube will teach you anything. YouTube will show you how to change a tire and build a bomb. You pick what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. And so the excuse of I don't have the resources is null and void at this point. It mm. comes to will, determination, will focus, and the people you surround yourself with. I was lucky enough. I, I graduated college, and I graduated late. What college you go to? So first I went off to Siena Heights in Adrian, Michigan. And it's funny okay. because when I got there, nobody was like me. Nobody. Wow. There was very limited Latinos. It was primarily Caucasian, primarily country set folks. 
that probably had different beliefs, different upbringing, came from money, and it was a private or a very expensive private school. So mm -hmm. you had to have some sort of. I just got lucky because I got free education because mm -hmm. of our, our financial status, my uh, economic status as a family. So that was my first year, and then my mom had ended up getting pregnant while I was away at school. They must the TV must have broke. I don't know, but and they, your mama they, was still freaky. Yeah, <laughs> your freak on girl. So uh, they, my brother uh, was born. We're twenty years apart, and I decided to not to take that financial burden off of them and come home and go to school at Wayne State. So my mom said, hey, get a job, go to school. I appreciate you trying to help out. And then I helped kind of raise him a little bit with her because my parents always, even to this day, they both still work. Wow. So um, then I ended up ultimately graduating. Why I ended up getting pregnant with my son and you know, I took a year off of school, but then I thought, how am I going to be an example and say, you have to finish whatever you start. Again, changing that mindset mm -hmm. where I could have just been okay with you know, keeping my uh, teller job at the bank. What did you go to college for? Um, business org uh, business development organization, business management and organizational yeah, you development. You was going to win. You was going in to win, wasn't so, you? You had money on your mind. And at first it was nursing, but then I switched gears because I found myself to be more of a people person and I could talk to people. So in my role mm. now, I actually... I have a, a corporate job and then I have a passionate job serving my community. So my corporate job is my nine to five that pays my salary and it helps, you know, my family have the life that we live. And that's in uh, commercial banking with a big, large financial institution. And what bank is that? Um, Fifth Third Bank. Fifth Third Bank? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fifth right. Third Bank. Um, so yeah, because I, 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 you know, I've been hearing about you now. I heard your big shit now. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about all that. No, 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 no. I'm still humble and I'm still me. So. No, that's dope, though. Um, that's good. You know. Yeah, but then I do community work through um, the Southwest Detroit Business Association, and that's helping mm -hmm. businesses further uh, the resources that th that are needed, mm -hmm. um, provide to them uh, uh, an outlet or a resource for for things that they wouldn't otherwise have in a community where business and entrepreneurship is at the forefront. So who's all part of the SDBA? So we've got different representation. We've got um, Levy Company is involved. Ideal Group is involved. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Detroit Police Department. Um, we've got uh, another financial institution. We've got Chase Bank involved. Um, so we have different backgrounds. The Chase Bank that's on Trumbull in Michigan? Uh, no, it I think her branch is on Burner. Her branch okay, is on Burner. all right. But yeah. yeah, and so, of course, you know, there's a lot of work ahead of us there with the SDBA. We have a new interim president and CEO that I'm working alongside, and I'm super excited to work with her. She's a wealth of knowledge. She's actually working on completing um, the bar, taking the bar exam and to be a lawyer. Like She is wow. just super smart. And, and if I have to pick people that I would like to just use as mentors, even mm -hmm. in my old age, I still like mentors. Yeah, old age. Like, I'm so tired. Everybody talking about I'm 40 old something. Age. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you grown. That's what I'm I'm grown as hell. Uh, no. So, um, but she's just a wealth of knowledge and she's amazing. I'm really looking forward for the work that we have ahead of us just to work and move the, move the organization forward and just continue to bridge the community. So we want to get more of the business owners in Southwest involved, more of the, the community involved, because this is really a project for all of us. You know, we want to. So who does the SDBA benefit or target? You know, are they there to help or are they yep. just there to organize? Yes. Okay, so... okay just, just for instance. Okay. <laughs> what if I wanted to come to the table or what if I needed an opportunity? Like I was just telling you, I, I'm looking for a place. We want to mm -hmm. get a place. We want to get a storefront. We want to get somewhere like is SDBA somewhere or somebody I can turn Definitely. to? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can link you with resources available for that. We've got, you know, we, we try to partner businesses with, with open, um, 
uh, open properties in the mm -hmm. area, you know, to try to bring as much access to the community as possible, right? So we mm -hmm. need soft uh, textiles, so we need clothes, we need um, towels and she, things that you would go to Walmart for, we we have limited in, in, in the community there, mm -hmm. you know? And then we need, of course, we have the amazing food that comes from all different areas of the world. It's not just Latino anymore. We've got Asian fusion, we've got Italian and Mexican, we've got, so there's so many different restaurants and it's really just like, a culinary dream, I call it, because um, because just the, the types <laughs> of foods that are there make it pack on a few pounds. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I'd love to take it offline and talk about how we can, you know, either help you or guide you, um, you know, bilingual services for for uh, Spanish speaking contractors who don't know any English, like stuff like mm -hmm. that. And you we know? have that at the DHDC. So, we right, have an so ESL. We, right. Some of the some of the same, the same similar, business, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's some of the same similar programs. All I know yeah. is. El Nino Podcast, Lit Music Entertainment, we ready to level up. You know what I'm I saying? Love it. I love and, it. And, uh, you know, I would definitely appreciate your help, you know, and, and, and making that happen for us, you know. I think, you know, we've been around for a long time. And even though I've only been doing this podcasting for a while, you know, I, I have a lot of, um, you know, love and respect within my community and everything that I've contributed past, present, and future, you know, is um, now, you know, in the well-being of my community, myself, my family, and everybody else. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just ready to move forward and, and take it to another level. You know what I mean? And I can't wait to see mm. you do it. Because for someone to come from where you came from, incarceration, and then having a vision, coming outside of that and saying, this this isn't the end. This isn't my story. I'm mm -hmm. going to rewrite it. We're going to close mm -hmm. that chapter and we're going to move forward. And then to have... And that's just what I did. Though, you know, I closed that chapter of mm -hmm. my life. I actually utilize it in a lot of my stories because when you spend half your life yeah. in prison, a lot of my lessons and experiences came from there. So people are like, man, you institutionalize, you're already talking about prison. No, I don't talk about prison as, a, as in I'm glorifying it. I'm just telling you that this is where I learned the most. You know, yeah. this is where I grew the most. And, and that's what reform that's why I should, suffered. That's why I suffered, yeah. you know? But that's what reform should bring, right? So mm -hmm. you've got some of the knuckleheads that'll go in and they just keep repeating the same uh, uh, habitual offenses. Just And it's like, they don't want to change. That's not... Or, I knew guys that couldn't wait to get home so they can get high. Or they couldn't wait to get home yeah. so they can beat shit out their baby mama. They couldn't wait to get home so they can kill somebody. And I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? They're not reformed. But this is how reform should work. You're an example of how reform should work. Jose uh, Rivera is an example of how reform Absolutely. should work. You know, shout out to him. He's, yeah. he's doing it, you know. And he, again, it, it's it's growth and it's changing the mindset. When you talk mm -hmm. about what is the key, what are the keys to success, there are no keys besides hard work, dedication, and focus. Mm -hmm. And then surround yourself with the people who you want to level up with. If you want to be, you know, you've got lit entertainment that's going national. Okay, well... Who are they surrounding themselves with? They're not surrounding themselves with people right here in the city. They're they're expanding their network. They're moving outside of the borders of the city. Mm -hmm. And that's because, again, they're trying to be bigger than what they are today. Every that's, that's, time. That's every that's once success. a month, Jose's going to Chicago. He's going to New York. He's going to Florida. I see I'm him like, everywhere, jealous because be I need nice. a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> must be nice, huh? Yeah. No, I'm telling you. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the key. And you know what's crazy is Jose, he just came out with the El Barrio um, comic. The comic book. And yeah. I was in prison with him when he was drawing drawing and writing and putting it together. And I mean, this was years ago, you know, and then to watch it manifest now into what it is today, you know, and, and him and just so many other brothers, you know, what I'm saying that have come home and, uh, you know, taking care of their business. You know, I just feel like those are the ones that don't take life for granted. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? 
and don't take people for granted and just determined to be successful, you know, to the best of their ability. Yeah. And that was the thing I used to try to teach guys is that, you know, gang members, drug dealers. I'm like, listen, do you know that you guys have skills? You guys have intelligence. If you just apply them same skills to a different life, a different path, you could be successful. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I think we also have to look, though, at corporations and having them be responsible for what is their diversity and inclusion plan look like? How are they helping people like me and you or people that are our shades of brown or darker? Mm -hmm. How are they helping the people of color come into a different world of corporate America, come into a different role? How do they how are they helping them level up? In the mm -hmm. corporate world, you know, we, we have to look and hold those people accountable because I can tell you for a long time in the in the space that I'm in, um, you know, in in for my nine to five job, there were a lot of people that just don't look like me or any any kind of brown flavor whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, not brown, not black. Um, it was it was highly concentrated in Caucasian people. And that's why I myself even try to go back and talk to. Um, Latinas and just women in general, we need to level up and, and have those resources available so that way they can look and say, hey, she's just like me and look what she's doing. She's just like me. Mm -hmm. Look what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She owns her own practice. This girl's a lawyer. This one, I want them to see that, to say the sky is the limit. There is there is no limit, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we need to hold, again, our corporate sponsors and, and people in positions of power in those areas accountable like what are you doing to make sure that you're diversifying your workforce so mm -hmm. that you're not closing the doors and, and and basically aiding in that that vicious cycle of of trauma and 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 resistance and, and all of that so let me ask you something and you know I, I i've grown into the type of person where i just i look at every aspect i look at both sides all three sides i i like to evaluate you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying i'm always one of the people who try to seek the truth and i feel like the only way to get to the to solve a problem is to get to the root of it so you know where i work at you know we're politically inclined we know everything going on with uh, redistricting with gentrification and all these yeah. types of things and you know I, I've seen, you know, Detroit today, you know, more diverse than ever. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I like the idea that I don't have to walk down the street and worry about somebody shooting me or mugging Absolutely. me. You know what I mean? But I know a lot of our people from the community, they, they feel like, um, you know, like they've been pushed out. You know what I mean? And I just feel like we've had this neighborhood for so many years and didn't do shit with it. And now somebody came in, invested in it, and now they're beautifying the place yeah. and making it better. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like people have a problem with it. And I think you, you have know? to think about it from what what makes Southwest Southwest? What makes Detroit Detroit? It's the grit. It's the hustle. It's the people. It is the the um, ethnicities, the culture. And when you start to make properties um, expensive and out of the price range of those um, individuals who can't afford that, you're stripping away some of that um, some of that identity of that area. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very hard balance that that we try to find between gentrification and keeping you know the folks happy. We want that's what that's why in some of these properties that we're bringing in, we're asking for mixed use properties. They have to have a certain level of apartments or a certain level, certain portion of the property has to be available to low to moderate income families mm -hmm. because you cannot outprice the culture that's there and that's what people are scared of mm -hmm. so um yeah some are cashing in and they're getting 150 200 for those houses down in southwest beautiful houses that amazing upkeep brand beautiful mm -hmm. hardwood um crown moldings that you would die for in victorian style homes but 
they're selling it at a price, which is great for them. And then the person moving in is usually um, either going to, to rent it out or they're going to, again, replace some of those numbers that help level out um, the community and the identity that's there. So mm -hmm. it, it's a hard, and I, I feel you, I'm on both sides of the coin with it. It's like, I wanna see the investments in the area. I wanna see the, the area come to life. I wanna see all the money infiltrating in. I wanna see those shops just sell out like crazy. I wanna I see the I love to see all these local businesses. I love yeah, it. Like these people are flourish. so creative and just like, you know, just being independent yeah. and, and, you know, just, I, I just, I really love it. And, and, and they're pretty supportive of one another. Exactly. And that's what I, I respect as well, because I think that's very vital to our survival and our well-being and business and economy is supporting one another. Exactly. You know, there's exactly. always for so long since we were younger, always backbiting. Everybody want to be number one. Mm -hmm. We want to be better than this one. I'm like, man, we can all be the best together, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard balance. And I, and I, I, I just want, I hope and pray that everything ends up just just moving in the right pace and in the right direction. But again, you have to keep the identity of the area what it is. You know, once you start bringing in more folks that haven't been there and they're newbies, they're the gentrifiers. Mm -hmm. You are going to get an upset community because they're not. They're going to start to see less and less people that look like them, mm -hmm. that identify with them. They have the same cultural background as them, and that's 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 a scary place to be, especially for people who aren't from here or, um, you know, are native to um you know to, to the land so you know when i was younger i used to take rides to like suburban neighborhoods you know because i used to admire the homes the properties and i was always like man i hope i wish one day i could have a, a nice house but what i didn't like is that i felt like i had to leave my people yeah to get and there. go live somewhere where i don't even fit in or blend in you know like i had to literally to be successful, I have to leave my people and go live amongst white people. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and I don't have a problem with white people, but it's like, why can't my people be successful? You know, why can't we, why can't we accomplish the same thing where we're at? Exactly. You know, why do I have to go live amongst a different, you know, society of people just to be successful and then not even probably be accepted? You know, now I don't think that way. I feel like, I belong everywhere. Yeah. You know, once I got in tune with the universe and started to understand God and myself and all those things, I started to feel like the world, you know, was at at our, um, you know, as was at our um, damn what's Finger the word tip? I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is there was no when God created the world, there was no, no boundaries. boundaries, there was no barriers. It was yeah. for humanity. It was for humans to to thrive, to grow, to raise families, to, you know, be economically functionable. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like it just isn't that way. No, I've, I've actually had friends that have moved that moved to Texas. For the same reason, they wanted their kids to grow up to see successful Latino doctors, lawyers. Mm -hmm. uh, and in Texas, you know, there's obviously a high concentration of, of Latinos, Mexicans. And she's like, I just wanted, my friend told me, she, I just wanted my kids to see it's okay to be brown and a doctor. It's okay to be brown and a lawyer. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that it's like this day and age, it seems like that's all we talk about. But at the end of the day, it's just we deserve the same validation, the same opportunities as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And we deserve it in our own communities. We deserve it in our own backyards. And and to be to have to move, you know, to Texas to be able to give your kids that it's pretty, mm -hmm. it's pretty sad. And, and I just feel like like because I, I, I do transportation, so I pick up 
kids from schools, from CCA, Holy Redeemer, from everywhere. Shout and out Holy Redeemer. <laughs> and then and then we you know i dropped the kids off and I, so i'm always in the neighborhood and i see the speed bumps that they got everywhere mm -hmm. and and it just really it just really um it pisses me off because uh you don't see that in the suburbs mm -mm. why because people know how to conduct themselves they know how to be civil you know how to you be know? 25 in a residential we, area <laughs> we yeah we always need somebody to come in and tell us how to live our lives we need people to come in here and teach us how to be civil and how to behave we need the government to say hey you know what you guys act like animals so let's go ahead and put these speed bumps there because you don't know how to act you don't care about nobody's kids no and none of that you know and i we think that that's sad yeah. and that's unfortunate that we can't govern our own communities and have you know the best interests of our people you know what i mean yeah on the front line of things and it's just not like that no i i agree i agree 100 percent. and and it is obviously for safety reasons and and, a, and i know we're grateful that that's there because there, there are i've heard horror stories of accidents of people just flying down the street not even seeing a kid and then you know someone's burying their baby because again you can't respect the rules that are in place to do the right thing and drive 25 miles an hour but no it is sad it's sad in every aspect of the way it is. I mean, I mean, do 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 people out here care more about their people than than our people do? No. You know, is the value of life different out there than it is over here? I mean, it's just. I wish I had an answer. I wish homelessness, drug addiction. You know what I'm saying? I go up and down Vernon. It don't matter. I can be at Woodmere or I could be all the way at Vinewood, and it's like all you see is just homeless, crack addicts, you know, drug addicts, and it's just. There's, there's beautiful, and then you got the grind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. We are actually working with, the Ideal Group is actually heading a project, um, Wipeout, it's called. So as you're driving around Southwest, you can see the little cartridges of, of Whippets. Oh, yeah, Whippet Wipeout. Yeah, Whippet yeah. I've been and a so part of that. We, you know, trying to clean up the streets. The kids don't need to see that. You know, mm -hmm. even my kids, you know, we go down to Southwest because my grandmother yeah. still lives down there. And, you know, we see, my kids are like, I was trying to tell them what the program was, and they're like, "What? Are, what is a what? Water, the, what's a wipe? Wipe? What's a whip, whip it. it?" And I'm like, "Well, it's a cartridge container." They're like, why? You know, and I'm trying to tell them the gas stations. I'm like, they're like, "Why do the gas stations sell it when it's supposed to be for whipped cream?" And I said, "Exactly, because people will abuse it, and it's an opportunity to make a dollar." Thank you, thank you, sir. Um, but yeah, no, and and anyone that wants to be a part of that or help out with that, we 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 take volunteers. So um, just to I kind got of all the magnet sticks. I done took my youth. We went to all the parks Love and the it. neighborhoods. You, Del Rey. Thank you. We went everywhere. Thank You're you. You're very welcome. You're thank very you. welcome. I feel good doing that. And it, but at the same time, I be on my live videos and I'm like, bro, I can't tell you how to live your life. But throw that shit in your own backyard. Throw it on your porch. Don't be throwing it over so here. Good. Where in parks where you got kids, you got pets, you got yeah. elderly people. Man, don't nobody want to see that shit, man. And 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 really. People need to educate themselves on on the damage that they're doing to their body. So they're just so caught up in the having fun, the mm -hmm. the moment, and it's like really excessive drinking. Excess, you know, those first of all, it's it's a harm to your body, and it's you're kind of disrespecting God because He gave you a temple. Even overeating, mm -hmm. I'm guilty. But I can't it, wait to eat. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I can't but wait. To eat. Just different. But but and, and, and at the end of the day, though, it's like. The damage that the, the, those things are doing to your body, you are basically suffocating your brain. You are giving yourself a little bit of brain damage. And there, so, was, there was a local rapper that, you know, very recognized, 049 Gus, and they said that he was always on yeah. the whippets, and one day he was paralyzed. He couldn't move his body, really? nothing. Yeah. Is it ever come back? I believe he went to therapy, and, you know, it's it's 
you know, come back. I don't know if it's, he's fully, you yeah. know, healed or what, but uh, I was like, wow, you know, there is a risk factor in that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're suffocating your brain. And, and again, you start to lose some of those cells. They don't regenerate. And mm -hmm. so if they're gone, they're gone. You don't get them back. Damn, that's crazy. I thought they reproduce. I believe that if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody wants to call in and let me know, but I'm almost, call the hotline. <laughs> you got any questions, comments, anything? I'm almost a hundred percent sure that your brain cells do not regenerate. Shit, I, I should they call. Did. I should call my cousin Lola. She's a nurse and she's all over this kind of like she knows everything. I feel like, um, or a surgery tech. I'm sorry, but so who like who encouraged you for like education, career, like and, and you know, you know what was crazy is some of the stories that I had shared and heard. Uh, from people who come from successful families, educated families. And I was like, well, how'd you go wrong? If you're so, like we talked about, you yeah. surround yourself with nothing but good. You would think the results would be good. Like what happened to you? You know? And it was like, he was, you know, a couple guys were like, you know what? My parents just forced me to be something I didn't want to be. They forced me to be a lawyer. They forced me to be a doctor. You know, they had me living dreams that they didn't fulfill. You know what I mean? And 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 then when you don't live your purpose, you know what I'm saying? What you're supposed to be, then you grow unhappy. You got education, you got money, you got success, but you don't value it because it's not yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you turn to drugs. Or, I knew a guy, he liked to steal cars. He didn't need to steal cars. He had many cars, but he loved to steal cars for the rush, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And yeah. this guy had, you know, comes from good family, they own businesses and everything. And it's like, you know, crime doesn't discriminate. No. Hate doesn't discriminate. There's, there's white collar crime. Love blue doesn't discriminate. Crime. No, nothing. You know? Yeah. No, and I think with education, um, honestly, it was just so my my Thea passed away earlier this year. Sorry. To hear um, that. thank you, thank you. But she had been the only one in my family that actually went on, got her degrees and became and worked in corporate America. And she had, she was able to, um, you know, have a, a successful career, be a successful mom, have, you know, grandkids, the whole nine. But I always looked at her like, okay, well, she went to college. That's who I'm going to do what she did. I'm, I'm going to do what she did. And just having her as, uh, you know, as my role model and, and, and following in those footsteps, that was, you know, and she was my godmother too. So that was cool. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's for my educational piece. That's where I got that from. And then of course my parents, you know, I had the Mexican parents. It was like I had a curfew. I couldn't do nothing. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was out here, you know, with my friends when I had a few opportunities. But that was mm -hmm. it. Most of the time I was on lockdown. I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Um, so them. And then when it came to my career, it's funny because I was graduated and then I was working in a branch and I was managing a branch and I was managing. And that's a big deal. Just graduating. Oh, oh yeah. Because... I was 30, though. I was 30. Okay. I didn't do it. I didn't yeah. do it in a row, but, but I'm I did. Saying, even graduating high school, oh, though, yeah, like yeah. I, I didn't know too many people that graduated. I, most of the people I knew were dropouts, just yeah. like me. Yep. You know, so you know, just graduating high school, let alone going to college, being successful, and graduating college as well. Like, you know, I think that's a huge accomplishment. You know, I when I came home, I wanted to do everything right, mm -hmm. so I signed up for college. I went to uh, you know, WCCCD. And uh, it was dope, but I was not prepared for it. I was not prepared. I didn't know. I, I was very studious in prison. I was very good at doing research and, and curriculum and all that stuff. But I didn't know. I came home to a tech world. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I didn't know how much time and energy was going to be required to take classes, to, to do learn. homework, to do studying. And then everything had to be done on a laptop. 
I didn't barely even know how to work a phone. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I went for one semester for the experience, but it just wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying at that time? But I do admire everybody that does because I know what's required. I know yeah. the sacrifice that they that they um, go through, you know what I'm saying, to be able to accomplish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, graduated college, was working at a branch, managed a couple branches, was helping out, and I was like, well, this isn't really what I want to do, and I don't want to go to the next level. To In the bank? Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to be the next level to manage a bunch of branches, you know, as been like a district manager. So I met a friend of mine um, who I'm still friends with today, and she's like one of my mentors, and she's amazing, my friend Babette. But she... Um, introduced me the world of treasury, which is what I have my certification in now. So I got my degree and then I went on to get a certification and I just fell in love with it. Everything was different. I was dealing with C-suite individuals of large corporations, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your middle market company is 25 million and over in revenue. And you're just like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I love mm -hmm. this aspect. So I just wanted to learn more and, and get more. And there was an open opportunity, open uh, position within the, the group that she worked for at the bank we were both at at the time. And it was myself and another gentleman who was going for this position who was from another branch. And he, you know, came from money, went to school for finance, was younger than me, well off, you know, kind of been around this. This was like no big deal to him kind of a thing. <laughs> but her boss had asked me in the interview, what is one thing that you're proud of? And the one thing that I was proud of was like, I went back to school and I got my college degree and I have two kids. Like, I busted my ass. That's dope. You That's know, dope. like I, my husband, thank God, he was like my saving grace because literally... We would have our family time, eat dinner. He's like, go do your homework. And it would be like 7 o'clock. And I would be downstairs in the basement from <laughs> 7 o'clock to midnight working on homework every single night. He gave baths. He put them to bed. He did. I mean, he. but he was wow. like, I got to do this while you do that. That's a good and, supportive and he, husband. A hundred percent. I think. Thanks I feel Lord like, you know. You probably couldn't do it without him. Oh, you uh -uh. Know? no. And I tell him that, too. I he tell him on that. Ass, he's on your ass. He's on your ass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we did that together. I say we graduated college together and we did that. And the same thing for my certification. Oh, for real? He did, too? No, no. Well, he's, he he actually got his uh, journeyman's card. So he did a four-year oh, yeah. apprenticeship. Oh, he's doing But he was first. And, you know, I was holding down the house. And then he was like, now you got to go and do yours. So we kind of supported each other in that okay, aspect. Okay, that's but, dope, man. Teamwork um, make the dream work, We've been man. together for 20 years. Yeah, I that's mean, dope, man. So, and that's uh, what I love about me and my wife man it's like everything we do it's like we're a team you know what i'm saying we pick each other up we support 100%. each other and uh you gotta have that you know yeah. you gotta have that you know because when you go out and you're dealing with the rest of the world last thing you want to do is come home and you know i leave that shit on the porch and come home and just and and soak it all in yeah you know what i mean and, and it's hard to do that because sometimes when you have a bad day you and he now he's got a new promotion and so he's learning now to i said just leave it at your desk at work when you drive mm -hmm. home tell yourself i'm not taking this home with me because i'm going home and i'm going to see my family and i'm going to eat some good dinner mm -hmm. and i'm going to watch some yeah. tv or i might yeah. do something that honey has me on the do list because you yeah. know she got projects all around the house and I can never <laughs> get them. so but whatever uh no but but again we're, but we're that learning shit's that priceless though it, like man listen when i can go home Lay on the couch, got the dogs, a cat, got my wife. Like, that to me is peace. That is love. Yeah, yeah. That is home. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't have to worry about nothing, you know? When you out in your street, you got to be mindful. You got to pay attention. You got to watch how you move, watch how everybody else move. You know, here you can rest your mind, rest your heart when you're at home. You know, everybody loves you. You know, mm -hmm. all that good 100%. stuff. That's priceless, man. People never get that feeling. You know, there's people who live a lifetime and never get to experience that type of peace, that type of love, and that type of joy, you know? Amen. I and do. I'm grateful for that. Me too. 
Me too. Me too. But that's my guy. That's, you know, he's like I said, we've been together for 20 years. That's my guy. Um, and, and, you know, he's a great dad, a great mentor to the kids. You know, we both kind of came up because he's from Southwest. And it's funny. We never met until the day we met. <laughs> but we had the same friends. Mm. So growing up, we had the same, like he knew, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm friends with, I'm, I'm a, I grew up with his sister. What are you talking? Mm. And our paths never crossed until the mm. night that we met. And then that night, you know, we hung out, we talked, and it's like, okay, we'll just see that where this goes. And then, you know, we kind of just grew up together. You know, we, we we went from that to to having two kids. And then he's like, you know, we got to kind of make this thing right. So let's just, like, we get married. I never wanted to get married. Yeah. I think I did, but I didn't. You know what I'm saying? It was like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're good. And he's like, no, we're going to do this. And yeah. so, you know, he did the whole ask my dad for my hand in marriage thing. Oh, that's dope, you know, and, uh, That's sweet. But yeah, no, that's, that's, he's, he's my support system. Cause even when I went back for my certification, I failed. So, so, so my certification requires you to take this test that is, um, it's a state mandated test mm -hmm. and you have to like, they take your retina, a picture of your retina, your thumbprint. Damn. They, and this was like seven years ago, eight years that's ago. That's CSI. That's high yeah, profile Because shit. you're dealing with uh, money, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and you're getting a certification in, in treasury flow of funds. So. But in treasury, doing that, that's a yeah. big word. That's an important word, treasury. So the first time I took this test, I failed. And I studied for 10 months. And when I say I studied, I mean, I would go and I would study and I would lock myself in a room and I would study for hours and hours on end. I missed stuff with my kids. I missed stuff with my family because I just wanted to get this certification. The first time I failed. And the second time, I didn't tell nobody I was taking it. My husband knew. My family knew, obviously. But I didn't tell nobody at work I was taking it. I went back in, and he was like, you got to just study. So every night, I would go to my parents' house and lock myself in their dining room, and I would listen to, crazy as it sounds, like um, bagpipe music. It's really relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> like the Irish bagpipe The Irish bagpipe music. Because okay. and, and, I read somewhere that when you have mute, no talking, but there's rhythm, you start to associate some of that with like the brain activity and you can remember things. I was doing anything I could to try to get this test. Mm -hmm. And I passed the second time I passed my certification. Wow, good for you. I was so happy. But again, I'm just saying like that support system, it's it's gotta it's gotta be there. Absolutely. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God that I got my partner, my ride or die. Ain't no doubt, man. And it just feels good when you got somebody who got your back. Yeah, I mean, got your back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, love you so much that you, if you die, they want to die with you. You know what I mean? You know? We got those jokes, too. Like, <laughs> you better not take my ashes. If, uh, but no, I, I... I know. We argue about because she wants to be cremated. I want to be buried. You know what I'm saying? I want us to be buried next to each other, you know? And she's like, hell no. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to smoke your ashes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, that's good. No, your wife is sweetheart, too. How's your daughter? My daughter's good, man. She's good. She's, you know, she's 25 years old. She's still trying to figure things out. Yeah, takes you know, a while. She's still growing into herself. But she got her dad home, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, I'm i one of them people, like, everything I learned, I learned it the hard way. Mm -hmm. I learned it through suffering. I learned it through loss. But that's how I was able to learn about love, unconditional love, circumstan uh, circumstantial love. Um you know, that's how I just, you know, uh, learned to be grateful for everything, yeah. not take anything or anybody for granted. You know, you never know what you got till you ain't got it no more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those, all that suffering taught me lifelong lessons, you know what I'm saying, that I'm yeah. able to pass on and distribute. You know, it was my experience 
to obtain knowledge that I want to distribute to everybody else because I don't want everybody to have to suffer the way I suffered. Yeah. But I want to pour everything into my daughter. And sometimes she gets it right. Sometimes she gets it wrong. But I always tell her that, you know, when, when you get it wrong, that's when you got the focus because that's when you're going to find what you need, you know, to be able to move forward. I don't look at problems as problems. I look at problems like projects. Now I got something to work on. I got to work through it. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and just get it done. Figure it out. Life ain't easy, man. You know what I'm saying? Life throws shit at you from all kinds of, you know, different angles. Just when you think you're getting ahead and life will knock you right oh, back yeah. down. And, you know, you think you're going to save a few dollars and then, then your car broke down or something in the house went down and it's just you know it's just the way it is but you just have to have a strong will you got to have a vision you got to have determination you got to have a support system you know mm -hmm. like you were talking like i tell people all the time you you hang with wolves you're gonna learn how to howl you hang with eagles you're gonna learn how to fly you know oh yeah birds of a feather yeah just uh, you surround you are your company that you keep that that's mm -hmm. who you are so You're a reflection of them exactly and i tell my kids the same thing you know my son First year at uh, Michigan State, you know, shout out to State, go green, go white. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I know. No blue, you know okay, what it is. okay. <laughs> just then our family's divided. But honestly, though, I just love all Michigan teams. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm, you I'm know, a firm supporter of Michigan in general. All the general, way. All the know? way. Yeah, no, I, I'd have to agree there, too. But, but uh, you know, I tell him, you know, it's great to have friends because he's even experienced some of his friends that he's gone to school with when he was younger in elementary school, middle school. He thought they were, you know, his little core friends. And now he's looking back and some of them aren't doing so great. Some of them have turned to drugs. Some of them just kind of dropped out of school. And it's like, you have to surround yourself with the next level of people. Same mm -hmm. thing with my other son, who's uh, going to be playing his first varsity basketball game as a freshman. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty dope. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. That's so dope. tomorrow is his first so game. So are you going to be uh, like basketball mom? I already am. I already what? am. I already am. You have no idea. My kids, <laughs> my kids will tell you, mom, why do you have to be so extra? Because everything I do for my, I do 100% <laughs> for my kids, my husband. They need something. You ain't just going to get something. You're going to get something plus extra because that's just how I do it. So, um, but yeah, you know, again, I tell them, you want to be better? Surround yourself with those athletes that are, that are focused on, their education that are focused mm -hmm. on going to the next level. You want to play for the G League. You want to go. You want to play for the NBA. He's six mm -hmm. three and still growing. So mm -hmm. push yourself, but surround yourself with the people that have the same like minded set, uh, like mindset that you do. Because if not, they're just gonna stall you. They're going to hate on you. And I hate to say it. No one likes to see you doing. They like to see you doing good, but never yeah, better, better than them. them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and these kids out here are just cutthroat these days, man. Yeah. I tell you, they're, yeah. they're something else. But And it's, you know, negativity is just as powerful as positivity, man. And and when you come from urban cities, man, people are, are more likely to lean towards negative because that's what they're accustomed to seeing. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. You talk positive and you want to teach somebody some knowledge, especially a lot of youth, like they don't want to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't got nothing to do with no money or, or you know, whatever they into, yeah. they don't want to hear it. You want to educate them, teach them, you know, show them something that might save their life or something that will help them level up or educate themselves or anything. And it's like, I'm straight, you know? That's And I tell my kids. Each one, teach one. You learn something. Ooh, that's my favorite. Bring them up with you. Bring them up with you. Just like... Anything I can do to help somebody, to get somebody to the next level, to serve mm -hmm. as a resource, to make a connection, mm -hmm. to, to to drop some knowledge, to share some experience, to give mm -hmm. some advice. I can't tell you how many people, and I'm not in any way, I am nobody important. People that call me just say, I just want to run something by you. I just, what do you think about this? And it could be any, anywhere from a friend to a family to a long friend, long time friend. 
just anything I can do, everybody knows I'll do it. Each mm-hmm. one, teach one. If I know something or I know a secret, I'll put you on. I'll let you know. We're going to share this together. And see, that's one of the things that I learned in prison again is because you have so many gangs in there, organizations, gangs, religious groups. And, you know, they say the body is a reflection of the head, you know. But I, I've always had good social skills and I never had barriers or boundaries on me. I was always able to go wherever I wanted to go. I, sp- I spoke everybody's language. I was very social. Everybody respected me, saluted me, welcomed me. So I was always socializing with different circles. And um, I would see so much potential in a lot of these guys. And a lot of them were educated. They were smart. They had manners and everything. But they would dumb themselves down so that they didn't look soft. So that, you know, so that the gang would accept them. And a lot of times I'll pull them to the side and I'll get to, you know, building with them and just um, trying to help them cultivate the goodness that's in them and, and teach them how to be leaders you know what i'm saying and you don't need followers to be a leader you can just in general just be a leader be an example and lead your own way and lead your own path and the thing about about that is i had a couple leaders come pull me to the side like bro i don't need you building with my bros because i pretty much i need my my my, backup (laughs) i need these guys to stay stupid I need them to listen to me. I don't need them guys being smart. I don't need them guys learning how to do shit on their own. They need to listen to me and do what I need them to do. You know, and I was thrown by that. But it's the truth, though. There's a lot of leaders that want to see, um, you know, their people stay stagnant. They just want them to learn how to take orders. Like people always frown on followers. I said, bro, everybody, I was a follower. You got to learn how to be a good follower before you can become a good leader. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to learn how to take orders before you learn how to give orders. But when you just maliciously want to keep your people ignorant, you are not a leader. You know what I'm saying? A leader is going to not only have the best interests of the people and everybody involved, but I'm going to educate you. I'm going to teach you. I want you to be where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And if you surpass me, then congratulations, you know? And uh, everybody's just not like that, though. No, they're not. They're not. And it's sad. It's sad. Again, like one of my goals, I know one of your goals is just to keep moving our people forward. Mm-hmm. Break those uh, generational curses that mm-hmm. exist from prison to drugs to poverty, everything. Even poverty, poverty. Even poverty. I want to talk to people about building a portfolio around uh, real estate. You, you don't need your... And that's the one thing that poor people are programmed or people of poverty are programmed to believe is that you need money to be rich. What you need to be rich is discipline and other people's money. You need to have credit. You need to be able to pull other people's money. When I say other people's money, I'm talking about knocking on the bank store. I'm talking about knocking on the SDBA's door. Uh, the S S uh, SDB SBA. I can't. I'm getting all my letters mixed up. It's too. It's past my bedtime. Um, the SBA. You know, getting them small business loans. That's what I'm talking about. To build your own generational wealth. You don't need to be rich. You just have to have a small percentage to buy your first property. And you take that first property and you buy a property that has a multi-unit. You rent that multi-unit. You can either live in one and rent one and -hmm. it pays your home mortgage. Or you rent somewhere else and rent that whole thing out and let the Mm -hmm. house pay for itself. That's... So those are the kinds of conversations I want to have with people. You don't stop waiting for when I get this money, when I get money. When I get to get a lottery, when I hit the lottery or but, I marry into somebody that's rich or. But it's like we 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 are we keep listening to people that are trying to keep us back, 
and really not understanding there, there's really not a huge recipe to getting rich. You just have to have the right mindset and look to build your credit and borrow other people's money. That's And that's what I want to talk to people about. But you know what's sad, though, when I was in prison, I had observed that you, you know, um, people who were raised with both parents, mm -hmm. because you have to sacrifice, because even if your goal is wealth for mm -hmm. you, for your family, generational wealth, generational wealth, you sacrifice. Oh, yeah. You lose a lot. Like, granted, you are financially set. But like you said, when you were studying, you missed parties you missed birthdays you missed events you missed important parts of people's lives you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying so you got mom and dad they're working busting their ass so you can have a nice house to live in and have the best of everything but you have forfeited the privilege of raising your own kids and teaching them about respect and morality and values and things like that so then when you, while you're at work you're really defeating your own purpose because now a lot of times these people these kids are going to school they're learning they're learning through music they're learning through tv they're being misguided from other people in the streets they're learning from other people's parents you know what i'm saying and and it's like you almost defeat your own purpose yeah you know and i think that you know that that's sad that you shouldn't have to be a robot and work till you're deaf just to be able to provide and then when you talk to god and he say i gave you a beautiful family what did you do with him turn yeah turned your back for money you know yeah no and i i i and it is a hard balance. And I, I hats off to the parents that are two working in two two working households, and your kids can turn out great because being a parent is hard. Being a parent is hard. You don't have all the answers. You just go through every day acting like you know what the hell you're doing, and really, you're yeah. just like, did I do that right? I hope I did. Did I say the right thing? Ooh, I hope I didn't get him upset. Did I tell him too much mm. of the truth? Did I not mm. comfort him enough? Was I not there? So all of these things go through your mind as a parent because you don't have the answers, but you do, you know, hats off to those parents that are working hard and they make still time for their kids. So one thing when I go into my job, work-life balance is non-negotiable. And because I know my worth, I know my knowledge, I know my, my, my worth to whatever organization I work for, work-life balance is non-negotiable. If I need to go to my son's event, I'm leaving early. You're going to mm -hmm. get the work from me no matter what because mm -hmm. I work sometimes till midnight because I got a deadline to meet. But I balance my time. And as long as, you know, we need to be, and I think COVID's taught us a little bit with that, even with people working from home, working remotely. You see a lot of these corporations that have let their people work from home. Mm -hmm. They're getting way more production out of these people because now you can stay home on your lunch break, whip up dinner, put it in the crock pot and get back to work. Mm -hmm. And it, it just makes things so much easier. So having like a work-life balance and making sure that you're putting what's important at the forefront. And and it's never really, I, I hate to say, I kind of get did things backwards. because I don't even like to say that now where I had my my kids very, I wouldn't say very young. I was 23 when mm -hmm. I had my first son and then 26 when I had my second son. But my son, my husband, that's and I a responsible said, age though, right? Yeah, there, you know? yeah. But my husband and I always said, you know, let's have our kids so we can enjoy our retirement age. Like we don't mm -hmm. want to work, 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 and then still have to work because we got somebody like in your parents, your parents still, They're still working. They're, They're still, still working. working. They, they were still, still getting freaky though, too. That's why oh, you had that. Why you had it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That's why you got a little brother right now, 20 years. Uh, 20, yeah, he's 22. <laughs> but it's funny, he and I have a nice um, competitive uh, spirit going. So oh, yeah? He's actually, congratulations to him. He graduates with his master's. He's 22 years old, and he'll be graduating with his master's degree next week or in a week or two. Wow, and, good for you, man. But you good see what we you. did? Do you see what we did? So me looking at my aunt, breaking our generational curse for my generation for like mm -hmm. her kids 
for the kids of, of, of my parents and that generation. Mm-hmm. And now my brother, who is another 20 years after me, he says, I'm going to be better than you. And I told him, you know what? I hope you are. Yeah. And so he's he's constantly trying to keep pushing himself. He's like, I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be, and I want him to be better than me. So you done set a whole new standard. You it, done really it, inspired him. You know what I'm saying? We, we compete. Because it's like, what does better look like? You know, you got, exactly. obviously got to be doing good if you want to be better than that. 100%. 100%. You know? you know, and I've got two other brothers. One took the construction route. He's really good with his hands, smart with numbers. And because college isn't it for everybody. And I hate when people... I don't say I, I hate when people push the college uh, agenda, but college isn't for everybody. Mm. And we do have a, a huge need right now in all of the trades for kids that want to work with their hands, that want to get a four-year degree essentially for free. They will graduate with their apprenticeship after four years of, of one night a week school to learn a trade Damn. and make $80,000 a year mm. with no debt. Mm, good money. So, good money. Good living there. All these trades, they're dying, dying for talent. They really are because a lot of these uh, guys that are working are aging out. So one of my brothers went in construction trade. You know, he's a foreman. He got a truck. He got his whole whole thing set up. My Mm. other brother, he went to school and did camera work. So he's working on uh, on the sewers and making sure any any backups that are down there. So there's a different skill set that each person possesses. You just have to hone in on it and just and, mm-hmm. and just run with it. And that's what I love about the DHDC is that it taps in to whatever you yeah. want to be. And like the real big thing that I see is uh, robotics. Oh yeah, that's all engineering. And these these kids, man, they going in there and they putting shit together. Like engineering is the future of America, of the country, of the world, really. You know what I mean? 100%. And, uh, you know, I'm like, man, by the time you guys are 21, 25 years old, man, you guys are going to be successful. You guys are going to be set, you know. But the DHDC just provides so many different uh, resources. You know what I'm saying? That. If you want to sing, if you want to be an artist, if you want to draw, you want to paint, if you want to make hoodies, like whatever you want to do, like we're there to aid and assist you and help you cultivate whatever it is that you like. You know what I mean? But skill trade is definitely very important, you know? 100%. 100%. And I love the DHDC. I love all the work that they're doing over there, Angie and team. And um, I grew up with Anita, you know, when we walked through that. Oh, yeah, I okay, okay. Neat dog, okay. So, yeah. I love Anita. Do you know um, Do you know Eva Torres? Um, I've met her in passing, just in terms okay. of just the networking events and whatnot. I haven't had a chance to work with her mm-hmm. or alongside her mm-hmm. um, ever in my career. But, uh, yeah, you know, we've crossed paths on different uh, projects. Yeah, she'd be doing her thing, man. I'm, I'm going to have to get her. I'm going to have to get her on the podcast, man. But uh, what about like Gabriela? You know, um, she just won um, city council for District Six. Yeah, so she's. Uh, I've met her again a few times. Haven't really had a chance to work alongside of her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, no, I think that that's. I'll that's tell you wonderful. what, I would love to bring you to the table and bring them to the table and everybody else because. You know, they got a lot going on. They're very powerful people. They're taking care of their business. And I just think that, like you said, birds of a feather flock together. Let's Absolutely. all fly together. You Let's know what I mean? Come up with some ideas. Uh, even, even my boy Hector Santiago, man. You know what I'm saying? He, I, I, That guy was working hard. You know what I'm saying? He worked hard. He busted. Do you know Hector Santiago? Uh, No, I don't know Hector. Okay. I, even if you didn't know him, you had to see him somewhere because he had so many posters and pictures and just everything. And he I've was, heard the name. He was running for District 6 City Council as well, but, um, you know, he didn't make it this time, but, you know, maybe next time. But it's just, you know, being around people who are involved in things. that. But everybody is trying to make 
living conditions better for everybody. It's a common goal. You know what I'm saying? It's a common goal, yo. And uh, I think that we need to make a common bond amongst everybody so that we can make some real change. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Put, put the pieces together. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I want to put a networking event together at the DHDC. Let's do it. And uh, and I would definitely love to have, you know, everybody at the table, man. So we, yeah. can, we can come up with a power plan, you know what I'm saying? I and love see it. some ultimate results, you know, get some of the business, you know, maybe the owner of El Nacimiento, uh, you know, just, you know, people who are doing their thing and, and people who, uh, you know, love to give back and want to see the growth of the people, the culture, the community, you know. I know some people, they just in it to win it. To them, it's all about profit and all that. But, you know, uh, if I die tomorrow, I die a happy man knowing that I did the best that I could, not only for myself, 100%. my family, but for my community, for humanity and just people and society in general. That's the goal. I always ask my ask everybody that I talk to, even my kids, like, what's your legacy going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. what What's your legacy going to be? You're going to be... Somebody who gave back, somebody who did the right thing, somebody who always mm -hmm. took uh, somebody under their wing, kind of show them, show them the ropes. You're gonna be the guy that stood up to some, stood up to somebody who was being bullied. Like, what is, mm -hmm. what do you want to be remembered for? Mm -hmm. And that, that's important. Yeah, that's that, that's your legacy, you know. Absolutely. I didn't want, you know, because I, I there was a point in time where I thought that what I was was what I was always gonna be, and I thought that what what I was was what I was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and even though I learned a lot in the trenches, in the mud, I learned so much. But I, like they say, that diamond in the dirt, that was me. I was the diamond in the dirt. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm still buffing myself, though. You know what I mean? Because there's still a lot of potential. It's still, still so much more room for growth, for knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I want I want to reach my full potential. You know what I mean? I think mean? you're on the way. Thank I think you. you're on the way. Thank you. Thank I'm proud you. of you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that even after all these years, you know what I'm saying, that we still, you know, got our friendship. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and we're doing good and uh, and we're going to do better. We are. You know, because sometimes I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, because it's hard work. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with people, even helping them is hard work. But the more that we come together, the more it's we all carry work. the load. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 uh, you know, everybody plays their part, but, you know, um, I, I'm just really grateful. I'm honored to really have you here on my podcast show. Me and, uh, you know, it was definitely a great experience. And I really look forward to working with you in the near future. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations on, you know, all your success and everything. You know, your inspiration, not to not just women, but just, you know, people in general and anybody who's got a progressive mind state. You know I what I mean? That. But um, so we're at the end of the show right now. If is there anything, any shout outs you want to give before it's over with? Just to my family and my kids, Shit. my husband Sergio, Dominic, my husband Mike, my mom and dad, my brothers, my nieces, <laughs> my nephew. Yeah, just my people. That, yeah. I mean, that's at the end of the day, all you got is your family and yourself. So yeah. No, yeah, but thank no you for doubt. having me. This was awesome. My first podcast experience. I can check it off my bucket list because uh, it's in the books now. Absolutely. And I uh, appreciate you. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over here and we're going to let you sign the Wall of Fame. Oh. You know, yeah, okay. yeah definitely. It ain't just popping in. You got oh. Put your name on the wall. I do. And it got me upset. Living in that very American dream. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. 
Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.